Hello everyone, thank you for joining me today. My name is Byron Howell and this is the Byron Howell Ministries podcast. Today we are going to be talking about hearing from God and believe it or not, you can easily learn to hear from God. Jesus clearly explained in John 10 that his sheep know his voice. You can learn to recognize God's voice and hearing from God will become part of your daily life. Over the years, I've talked a lot about hearing from God because of its importance in my life. Perhaps this sounds obvious, but I could never overstate the importance of hearing from God. While this sounds like some sort of mystical or high spirituality type practice, in fact, it should be a part of everyone's daily life. Hearing from God should be clear, easy, and regular. We just need to learn how it works. Many people approach spiritual topics such as this with the perspective that it will come by some sort of special revelation or divine interaction. You know, perhaps one day you will hear God's booming voice or you will have some spectacular vision of Jesus talking with you. But rather than hoping for a miraculous spiritual occurrence, we should simply start studying God's word on the subject. Let's approach this as honestly I think we should with every subject, practically and mechanically. <clears throat> the Bible teaches us how God speaks to people. He uses a number of methods. Once you know God's communication methods, you can correctly listen and you will begin hearing from God. The best analogy is like a radio tuner. God is broadcasting, but if you aren't tuned in to God's frequency, then you won't hear him. It's just that simple. Anyone who tunes in to God's frequency will begin hearing from God. Now, whether they listen, that's another matter. But if you tune in, you will begin hearing. Those who do not tune in to God's frequency will not hear from God, at least not with any regularity. In the Bible, we do see a few people, especially heathen kings in the book of Genesis, receive some dreams and directions from God. But those messages are infrequent and really only deal with how God wants those people to treat God's people. I'm not interested in that paradigm. We are God's people and we should be hearing God clearly and regularly. The Bible teaches us about God's communication methods. God will give people dreams and visions. See Acts 2.17. God will speak to people through prophets or interpreted tongues. 1 Corinthians 12. God will simply reveal something to you by his Holy Spirit. And this includes words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Look at 1 Corinthians 2 and 12. God occasionally speaks in an audible voice. Acts chapter 9. God speaks with the voice of the Holy Spirit. Acts 10, 19. God may even speak through an angel. Acts 27. God will guide you by peace in your heart. Colossians 3, 15. And of course, God speaks to us through the Bible. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17. And I'd like to point out that all of those verses I just mentioned are in the New Testament, showing that all of those are still viable communication methods for Christians today. Those are God's biblical communication methods. While God may speak to you using other methods, he probably won't and he doesn't want to. God wants to speak to us how the Bible teaches us God speaks. And if you think I've missed any biblical communication methods, please let me know. 
See, we could, for example, make a list of the various ways that we can communicate. We can speak, write a letter, use Morse code, produce smoke signals, or use some other communication method. But for the most part, humans want to speak or write. Other communication methods can be difficult or unclear. God is the same. He has a variety of ways he can and wants to communicate. He would rather not use other methods because they can be difficult to receive or understand. One of our cardinal rules that helps us understand many things is that God can do whatever he wants, but what he wants to do is revealed in the Bible. The Bible shows us what God wants to do, and that's what God's going to do. So how does one begin hearing from God? You must tune into God's frequency. And I'm going to make a statement or some a series of statements that sounds overly spiritual, but please hear this as practical rather than spiritual. For the most part, God speaks on the frequency of the spirit realm. To hear from God, you must tune into the frequency of the spirit realm, the frequency of the Holy Spirit. Now, just stay with me. I know that, you know, maybe it sounds a little goofy, but we're going to keep it practical. I'm trying to state a complicated idea simply, and I'm doing this to help you grasp the importance of tuning into God's frequency. God is a spirit, John 4, 24. For the most part, when he speaks, his word is spoken in the unseen spiritual realm, and it reaches your heart in that realm. This is Mark 4. This is the idea. God speaks in the unseen realm, and then it hits your heart. But for God's word to do you any good, it must move into the natural realm of your brain. So God's speech must get from the natural, from the, excuse me, from the spiritual realm of the Holy Spirit to the natural realm of your brain. Therefore, you have to teach your brain how to receive messages from God's Spirit. This is what I mean by tuning into God's spiritual frequency. We have to teach ourselves and train ourselves how to hear from God. And again, all this may sound a little goofy, but it's an important idea. There are various activities that open a channel between our brains and the spirit realm or the Holy Spirit. And these activities are how we tune in. Doing certain activities trains our bodies, trains our minds to listen to God. This is how we tune in. Reading the Bible. That's just an example. Spending time in thanksgiving and praise to God. Praying in your private prayer language. And gathering with other believers. Those are four of the best ways that we can open our minds to the spiritual realm and begin tuning in to what God is speaking to our hearts. When you engage in these activities with a heart that's ready to obey God, you are correctly engaging your mind in the things of God. When your mind is directed towards God, your mind opens to receive from him. To put it another way, through these activities, your mind learns to understand messages that God is speaking on the spiritual frequency, or your mind learns how to begin hearing from the Holy Spirit.
And remember, our activities are reading the Bible, spending time in thanksgiving and praise and prayer, praying in your private prayer language, and gathering with other believers. As you tune into God through these activities, and you now know God's communication methods that we listed a minute ago, you will begin hearing from God. Now let's briefly go through the biblical communication methods to understand how they sound. God speaks to all of his people through the Bible. The Bible contains countless instructions for our lives, but God can also give you specific direction for your life as you read his word. If you sense a verse continually coming to your mind, read that verse and study it. Consider what God might be saying about your life. If you are reading the Bible generally and receive a strong feeling about a particular situation in your life, that's likely God's spirit speaking to you about that situation. If you are praying about a situation and a particular verse keeps coming to mind, that is probably God's answer. And note, especially John 14, 26, where Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit reminding us about everything God has said to us. So while the Bible contains a lot of general directions that are applicable to everyone, through the Holy Spirit, God can also bring specific directions into your life from his word. Now, dreams and visions can be a bit more complicated. A dream is basically a vision while you are sleeping. True dreams and visions from God can include both direct interactions from God, or with God, I should say, and they can also include metaphorical situations that show you God's will for your life. You know, just as an example, one time in, in the natural, I was thinking about working full time for a client and then I had a dream where I was going to see that client and I needed to hurry. That was God's way of telling me that I needed to take that job opportunity. And that was a great job that provided for my family for the difficult years of 2019 and 2020. Interpreting dreams and visions takes time and prayer and you should probably have a spiritually mature friend or two help you develop this gift. If you believe you are receiving dreams and visions from God, you really need to spend time praying, talking with mature Christians, and developing the interpretation side of it. But that said, dreams and visions are a wonderful communication method where God can give us complicated and nuanced directions, and he can show us many aspects of a particular situation. You know, I've never personally seen an angel or heard God's voice with my physical ear, but that's great if you do. Those communication methods probably don't need a lot of explanation, but just remember some of the safety guidance that I'm going to give you later in this teaching. The idea of hearing God speak through other people should be an entire book in and of itself. We know that God does speak through people, note especially Romans 10, 14, but we must use a little wisdom when determining whether God has spoken to us through a particular person. And this reminds me of the great wisdom in not ordering seafood when you go to the steakhouse or vice versa. You know, God probably won't use someone who has never been married to give you marital advice. God probably won't speak parenting directions to you 
through someone with no kids. You shouldn't expect to receive spiritual financial guidance from someone with no money or who doesn't regularly give to the church. Yes, that's the way it is. And all of this probably sounds obvious now that we're airing it out. And yeah, I've made some mistakes here, taking advice from the wrong people. If you think someone, or excuse me, if you think God has spoken to you through someone, consider the source, consider their area of expertise and their personal spiritual maturity very carefully. And this also includes people who claim to be speaking prophetically or interpreting a tongue for you. While many Christians may never hear God's audible voice, on the other hand, God wants all of us to hear the voice of his Holy Spirit. So now let's move on to that type of communication. In a way, this is like hearing God's audible voice, only you are hearing God with your spiritual ears rather than your physical ears. And Jesus kind of talked about that idea in a few places, including Luke 8.8. See, have you ever heard words, but you didn't, you know, you knew that they they didn't come in the natural realm, that you didn't hear them with your physical ears? Have you ever heard a voice kind of inside yourself, but it wasn't that typical mental voice that you hear every day? You were probably hearing the voice of God's Holy Spirit. Now, in my life, there are a few ways I know when I've heard the Holy Spirit's voice. The voice is authoritative. It seemingly comes out of nowhere. It's, audi uh, it's not audible. It's clear. It's not coming from my head, if that makes any sense. And it's not my internal mental voice, you know, that I hear when I'm thinking about issues. No, it's like it came out of nowhere inside of me. For me, this is a rarer occurrence and it typically happens when I'm totally focused on God and engaged in some spiritual matter. It doesn't have to be that way. I'm just relating my experience. And I'll give you an example. Just the other day, I was studying and meditating on a particular Bible verse. But in an instant, I heard God say, not with my ears, but inside myself, in the voice of the Holy Spirit, I heard him say, you must obey my directions. And you see, that really wasn't the subject of my Bible study or the verse that I was looking at, but I was tuned in to God's frequency through my Bible study. The Holy Spirit spoke and I heard him. The message was strong and clear. So what I did was I immediately shifted my focus from the verse I was on to that idea of obeying God's direction. And now in that time, God began giving me more understanding and revelation on that subject, even though I wasn't really studying it and I wasn't continually hearing from the voice of the Holy Spirit. The only thing I heard the voice of the Holy Spirit say was, you must obey my directions. But now basically the Holy Spirit working with my mind began to show me more and more about that subject. And honestly, just to be open with you, I think God said this to me because he's about to give me some directions that won't make any sense in the natural or they might look impossible. But you got to obey God anyway. That's one of the great lessons from the Bible. Now, the last biblical communication method that I will mention is being led by God's peace. Colossians 3.15 teaches us, and this is especially clear in the Amplified Translation, that God will help us make decisions by peace. Note also Isaiah 55, 12. 
Other people may refer to this as God's spirit bearing witness with a particular matter or a decision. That's, you see that idea in Romans 8, 16. As this is the single most important communication method in my life and the one I use on an almost daily basis, I'm going to discuss it in some detail. You know, as you go through life, you're going to make countless decisions. Often, you will need to make decisions quickly, even in various in very serious situations. Recognizing God's peace from the Holy Spirit will help you instantly make the right decision. Moreover, recognizing God's peace will help you confirm every other word you've received from God, and that can quickly be a second confirming witness when you need it. We'll talk about that idea of witnesses in a moment. But as you consider a decision or a course of action, Put aside the natural considerations for a moment. Maybe it looks lucrative or costly. Maybe it looks quick or time-consuming. Maybe it looks peaceful or dangerous. Those are all really considerations in the natural realm. Put those aside for a moment. Don't consider the flesh. Do you feel peace in your heart about the situation? Does every part of you feel good about that option, even if it seems a little crazy in the natural? Do you feel strong and compelled to do it in a spiritual sense? Good, you know, peaceful, ready to go? Then go for it. On the other hand, if you feel what most people refer to as a check, which for me is almost like a little gag or a nausea or just a negative feeling in general about the situation, then you must not go forward. That is a warning from the Holy Spirit. I'll just give you a, a couple of very quick examples. You know, um, you know, I, I had a, a busy summer work-wise and I had some extra money come in and obviously, you know, I thought about investing it. Well, it, it turned out that I had another financial need that I didn't know about yet. But every time I considered investing this money, I just could not get comfortable. And, you know, my brain said, this is dumb. You got to invest. You shouldn't have, you know, this cash. Uh, but in my heart, I just couldn't get it comfortable with any investment. So I just held on to the cash. And sure enough, a couple months later, I needed that money. Praise God. I was tuned into the Holy Spirit. So I had that money ready to go. And just as another example, on the other side of things, you know, on uh, this is on New Year's Eve before 2020, my family and I were in Vancouver. We'd planned to go to the festivities on Grouse Mountain, which is kind of the local ski mountain right there. And we were going to play in the snow and just enjoy the activities. But unfortunately, the weather was, was terrible. It was cold and rainy. And it made no sense to go out to Grouse Mountain. But in my heart, I just felt this overwhelming peace and almost like I was compelled to go. You know, and it was a 45-minute drive out there. And the whole time, I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this is a waste of time. This is stupid. This is dumb. It's going to be canceled. We're not even going to get up there. But, you know, in my heart, I just knew it was the right decision. And thank God, my wife, Shannon, is really good about trusting me when I believe I've heard from God. Well, we made it out there. There was almost nobody there, but they didn't cancel the event, strangely enough. And we ended up having this amazing time, you know, playing in the snow and sledding and walking around the snow trails at night. It was crazy. It was awesome. I'd never done anything like that. And, you know, I know that's not a very spiritual example, but it is a good example about trusting God 
and the peace he puts in your heart for a particular situation, even when in the natural realm, that makes no sense. You know, the peace of God, learning to quickly recognize the peace of God or the absence thereof, will literally become the most important decision-making tool you have in your life. And all of those disciplines or activities we talked about, prayer, praying in the Holy Spirit, worshiping, praise, those will all really help you draw closer to the Spirit of God and recognize that peace or the absence thereof very quickly. You know, the truth is God wants to help you make all of your decisions. God is never silent or refusing to speak as some people suggest. He's always with you. He's always loving you and he's always ready to guide you with peace or the absence thereof from the Holy Spirit. Now to finalize our discussion today, I'm going to discuss three principles that will help keep you safe when you think you've heard from God and as you begin obeying directions received from God. The first principle is that every word should be established by two or three witnesses. We see that in 2 Corinthians 13 verse 1 and other places. You know, did someone claim to have a prophetic word for your life which involves serious decisions? Okay, where is the second witness? Did you have a dream confirming that word? Do you feel amazing peace in your heart about those directions? Okay, go boldly in faith, excuse me, in faith. But did some other spiritually mature person give you the opposite advice? Did you have a bad dream about it? Do you feel a check in your heart or no peace? You know, if you combined every spiritual direction you have received about something, do they all point in the same direction even if it's crazy in the natural realm. You see, that's what it's what you're looking for. I had a, a client tell me about a particular investment opportunity that they felt would really be a home run. I didn't feel that way in my heart, and it was difficult for me to, to not take that opportunity, but I didn't feel that way in my heart, and now, you know, here we are sometime later, and it's not looking that good. Of course, of course, I pray the best for them, but I'm not regretting my decision to stay out of that opportunity. That's just an example, right? You can't look at the natural realm and all of the indications in the natural realm. You need to look at these communication methods from God that we learn about in the Bible. Are they all pointing in the same direction? Then wonderful, praise God, go forward boldly. You see, God has no problem bringing you two or three confirming witnesses when he speaks to you, especially when the direction involves a major decision or movement on your part. This confirming witness principle is God's and is from his word. It is wrong to ask God to tell you the same thing multiple times because you are you know, fearful or you want more uh, supernatural support for your decision. But it is not wrong to ask God for the second or third confirming witness for a potential divine direction you have received. And all of those witnesses should point in the right direction. Keep that in mind, especially when you're first starting out or if the word you think you've received is potentially unclear like a dream, then the, this principle is extremely important. 
The second principle is that God's spoken word will never violate God's written word. See Psalm 138 verse 2, for example. God will never tell you to do anything that violates his written word. God will never tell you to murder someone, rob someone, cheat on your spouse, or do any other such thing that clearly violates his commandment to love others or his other commandments. Please remember this simple rule. Now, and if you ever hear someone tell you that God told them to commit some sin or do anything that directly contradicts the Bible, you can try to warn them and help them, but you must not agree with them or take any advice from them until they've turned from this error. Lastly, the if you must be conf- excuse me, you must be very careful. This is our last safety principle. You must be very careful if you think you've heard God speak to you outside of the biblical communications methods. Like me, you've probably heard people say that God spoke to them all sorts of ways. Oh, I saw a commercial for a particular medicine and I know it's God. You know, I just got a call about a job with another company and it must be God. You know, my friends, that ad on Facebook was not God. It was the Facebook algorithm that sees your Google search history and is spitting things your way. And look, I just want to be honest. I'm not suggesting that we should limit God's desire or ability to communicate, but I am suggesting that you shouldn't trust any communication you think came from God by an unbiblical method without significant prayer and other confirmations. You see, is it possible that God miraculously manipulated the Facebook or the Google ad algorithm to send you a message? I guess so, right? But as long as you pay attention to the other witnesses and these other safety principles, and you get two or three additional confirming words on that one, okay, fine. But chances are God's not going to speak that way. And that's really not how he wants to do it. And I've seen people make very tragic and costly mistakes violating these principles. You know, if you really think that an unbiblical communication or the voice of some unbeliever in your life was God, pray about it. God will confirm that word through other biblical communication methods and you'll have at least two witnesses. Then pray about it some more. Do not go forward without those confirming witnesses. Look, learning to hear from God is by far one of the most important skills you can develop, if not the most important. Now, learning to obey his crazy directions is another matter entirely, but we'll talk about that another time. You must learn to hear him. Your destiny, the good works God has planned for you to do, can only be found in God's specific directions for your life. The highest expression of you and your best possible life will only be found in your obedience to him. Moreover, making the best decision every time is possible and divine direction for every decision is available when you start hearing God. God's voice to us is one of the greatest treasures the universe has to offer and you will hear him regularly and clearly when you start tuning into him. Guys, God bless you. Thank you for your time today. I hope this blesses you and encourages you. And, you know, as always, I'm happy. 
to talk to you, to pray with you, to go through more of this for, uh, with you. If you have any questions, please let me know. Thank you again, and I hope you have a great week.